Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the European Young Chemist Network podcast. My name is Mark Kilada and in today's episode we are going to enter the private sector. We aim to give you an overview of the main differences between academia and industry and provide you with helpful tips for your transition. For this, Katarina Jozowska will interview our guest, Dr. David Giltner. Dr. Giltner is an author, speaker, and founder of Turning Science. He has a PhD degree in physics and holds seven patents in the fields of laser spectroscopy and optical communications. Following his PhD degree, he joined industry where he spent more than 20 years developing cutting edge phototonics technologies into commercial products. In 2017, he started turning science to provide training and support for scientists of all disciplines seeking to enter the private sector as employees, collaborators, or entrepreneurs. Dr. Giltner is the author of the books titled Turning Science into Things People Need, as well as It's a Game, Not a Forna. He's also an internationally recognized speaker and mentor on the topics of technology commercialization, product development, and career design. Hello, everybody. I'm Katarina Josivowska, and this episode is dedicated for those of you who are planning to pursue a career in industry as next pathway, either directly after PhD or after postdoc period. For that, we invited Dr. David Kiltner. Dave, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Katarina. Nowadays, the PhD holders have an outstanding job chances in the job market. That's according to the Integrated Employment Biographies published in 2021 by the Institute for Employment Research. According to that, some of them find positions in academia and uh, or like non-university research institutions but majority turn into positions outside of academia. Of course, depending on the discipline, direction, this transition from academia to industry can be challenging. So Dave, could you tell us what is the most challenging about this transition? Sure, uh, yes, uh, certainly it's a very different environment and there are some challenges. I find that a lot of people, a lot of universities like to talk about skills and what skills might people need to transition into industry. I, though, don't think that is the biggest challenge. PhD scientists have many skills. Many of them are quite good. The biggest challenge that I find is the habits, the, the working and thinking habits. So the environment Academia versus industry, these are two very different environments, and the rules for success are different. So it's not so much about the skills. The biggest problem is that we tend to think like academic researchers and not like the private sector, and those are the biggest challenges to get past. It's not that we need to learn new skills. It's that we need to learn new thinking and working habits. There are several of those. You know, the first one that I talk about is it's companies exist to make money. And so one of the first things is that you have to shift from a mindset, kind of this exploratory mindset in academic research where anything that's interesting is probably worth working on. If it's novel, it's worth working on. In a company, you have to think about how do you help the company make money? You have to be focused on value. 
And that alone can be a big shift sometimes. We're used to doing cool things, fun things. I like how you framed it. Well, you already mentioned one, but according from the book that you published in 2021, it's a game, not a formula, there you're listing several of those rules that could ease this transition. Could you please tell to our listeners what are the others? Yeah, absolutely. So the one I mentioned, how they help the company make money, that's the first rule. That's the first habit. The second habit, thinking habit or rule is figure out what matters and what doesn't. It's easy to want to be very complete. We learn to be thorough in academic research to make sure we've covered everything before we publish. But in the private sector, it's about getting to a result quickly. And it's really important to think about what gets you to that result and what might just be spending time on something that's interesting or a better understanding and doesn't really get you there. Um, obviously, it's part of being profitable uh, to be efficient. That's the second one. The third one, I like to say be effective, not smart. And this comes from a lot of feedback I have heard uh, from industry managers. I've heard it more than once. In fact, I heard it again just last week from a manager who said, PhD scientists seem to think they always have to be the smartest one in the room. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, that's the way we're trained and we're in a group of other PhDs who are constantly correcting each other. And, you know, that is the environment and that's the way it works. When you move to it, isn't it? You've, you've experienced that too, right? But uh, in, in a team setting in the private sector, it's really about getting results. Sometimes that means uh, admitting a mistake or saying you're wrong or learning from other people. And that's a really important part. So that's that's the third rule. The fourth one is we learn to decide quickly with limited data, or we need to learn to decide quickly with limited data. You know, in science, you keep working, taking data and analyzing until you are certain you have the right answer. And then you publish. That's the approach, right? And totally makes sense. But in the private sector, we have to move quickly. And many times our managers will be looking for a, uh, a choice or a recommendation from us. And we're not going to be certain. You know, we don't have two more years to collect data and be certain. There's a customer that needs something in nine months. And we have to move forward and figure out if it works as we go. And then the last one is, I, I like to say, scientists who are successful in the private sector, they persuade others to follow them. It's a team environment. In an environment where you don't always have all the data to prove, you know, to make sure you know the right answer and deciding quickly without all the data, that's the last rule. Oftentimes you have to persuade people. You can't prove it to them. You have to say, well, I don't know for sure. I think this is the best approach. Here's why. And let's move forward. So those are the five rules. Help the company make money. Figure out what matters and what doesn't. Be effective, not smart. Decide quickly with limited data and persuade others to follow you. But how straightforward it is to adapt them? You certainly are moving into a very different environment, and there will be cultural shifts. But I think these five rules certainly make it easier. Uh, you're going to have to learn new, you know, some new technologies, some new techniques, almost certainly, unless you're lucky enough to get a job doing the same thing you did for your research. That's rare. You'll need to learn new things. But yeah, the, the five rules really help. As far as other skills and things, many of those you'll learn when you get into the new environment. But I think most people find it at least exciting because it's really a, a, a new environment and a lot to learn. Yes, true. 
Uh, speaking of new environment, before moderating this episode, we asked our community for questions that should be answered. And there was one uh, that was according flexibility in industry. So I quote, what about flexibility? Some young scientists are afraid of switching their career. How does this sector accommodate to the expectations of future employees in that area? End of the quote. So Dave, what are your what is your experience on that? Any thoughts? Yeah, I do hear that a lot. Uh, I think a lot of that comes, frankly, maybe the short answer up front, a lot of that comes from uh, it's a natural thing when we're in an environment and we're considering something completely different. It's hard to know what that will be like, and it's easy to be afraid of some of the differences. But the fla- the fact is you can find flexibility in both environments. I think a lot of scientists in academia see flexibility in that In principle, I can pursue any research direction that I want, right? And that feels like that flexibility is great. Whereas in the private sector, you generally are going to be working on things that you're asked to work on, usually because there's a paying customer that's looking for it, right? Um, And that feels like less flexibility, like, well, I'll be told what to do. Well, that's sort of true, but uh, the private sector has flexibility in other ways. What often happens, especially as you get into a little bit more responsibility, a little more experience, you will have flexibility in how you solve the problems that you're given to solve. You know, yes, there's a paying customer, they need a product, you have a role that develops a part of that, um, but you get the flexibility to solve those problems the way you want. That's why they would hire a PhD scientist, right? Right. And another element of flexibility I think people don't think about that I find valuable. You know, if you think about an academic researcher, they see flexibility in maybe taking their research in any direction they want. But of course, they are always constrained by what will get funding. And I think if you talk to a lot of PIs, they don't quite feel that same flexibility because, well, I can't just get grant money for anything. But also, they once they develop a direction, they're kind of constrained to that. I mean, to change paths completely is a big step, right? To move into a new area and convince people you can do that. But in the private sector, you can always change jobs and move to a different company, a different, uh, you know, even a different technical area. People do that quite often. That's a type of flexibility to completely change your career midpoint if you want to. Um, that I think people don't think about. I've done that several times, and that's a flexibility that I very much enjoyed in the private sector. Um, quite insightful answer, Dave. So, indeed, there is flexibility in both sectors. Well, as you already mentioned at the beginning, when choosing industry's next career pathway, uh, the PhDs are bringing their strength at the table. I think it's worth mentioning What are those strengths and how they are conveyed? Yeah, sure. Great question. So I heard two questions in there. So let me address them. The first is, what are some of our strengths that are valuable? And the other is, how would we relay those? Both excellent questions. So, and boy, there are a lot of different strengths. But you know, when I talk about strengths, here's an important principle, I think. A lot of new PhDs imagine that their biggest strength is all of the knowledge that they have, all the things that they've learned. And when they start looking in the private sector, many times they get very worried and they think, well, wait a minute, the knowledge I have is on some very niche 
specialized project. You know, one way to put it is I spent four years studying something that 20 people in the world really care a lot about, right? And that can start to scare them like, ah, is this my biggest strength? And only a few people care. Well, your strengths, your biggest strengths are not that knowledge. Think about how you got to that point. That is what your most valuable strengths are. I like to say, think of your PhD this way. Instead of saying, I spent four years researching some, you know, detailed aspect of my discipline. Instead, think, I was given a problem to solve no one else had ever solved. And I really didn't know much about it. So I had to plan, how am I going to do this over three years or four years? And set out a plan. Along the way, things didn't always work out the way I expected. And I had to solve those problems. I had to be creative. I had to sometimes work with other people. And and at the end, I demonstrated something nobody had done before. And I did that independently. Wow, that right there is a description of many, many things that you have done. Now, and I didn't even mention the discipline. So, of course, everyone has their own stories around what they did. And that brings me to the second question. How do you convey all of that? I think stories are an excellent way to do it. I like to talk about telling better stories with the same facts. Because as scientists, it's so easy for us to just start listing facts Many people, when asked what they do, they'll start with their degree and the discipline and then maybe the project they worked on. And in doing that, all they're really demonstrating is knowledge, right? They're not really saying what they've done. But if they think about, think about the way I described the project and the problems they solved and all that, if PhDs instead think through the stories they have and what stories can they tell, bring it to life. Say, you know, I ran into this problem one time. Here's what happened. I didn't know what to do. Here's the creative solution that I found. Here's how we all ended up better going forward. Or I learned something really important from that. So you're showing, you know, you're not the smartest in the room. Telling stories is the way to do it. That is very powerful. Excellent point. So the biggest strength is not the knowledge, but how one get that knowledge. And one should describe the path by telling it as a story. I will certainly know that for myself. With that, dear listeners, we are at the end of our episode. So, Dave, do you have any last piece of advice? Well, certainly I would agree. The five rules, I mean, those are very important. Uh, And frankly, so, you know, you mentioned my book. I wrote the book that... I wished I'd had when I moved into the private sector, and it's full of all the things that I learned early in my career. Well, I'm still learning them, (laughs) frankly, you know, it's a lifelong thing, but yeah, I mean, those are a big part of them. But I think if kind of one takeaway, and this is really what's in the title of the book, it's a game, not a formula, don't look for the, the right way, right? We are so used to thinking about imagining there is a single best right way or a single right way. Look for a way that works for you. I say it's a game because there are actually many ways to be successful. This habit we have of looking for the right best way totally makes sense in science. Lots of right answers when you're trying to understand how the universe works. That's what we are searching for. But in your career and in the private sector, it's more like a game many ways to win. You just need to find one that works for you and keep moving forward and and improving on it. Thank you, Dave. It was a pleasure having this fruitful conversation with you. 
You're very welcome. It was great talking to you, Katerina. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. And thank you all for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it and you got a brief idea about how the private sector works and how to ease your transition from academic environment to industry as future career pathway. Hello, everybody. It's Mark Kilada here again. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and stay tuned for our next edition.